0: Did I tell you guys about my back?
1: You said you had like a cracked vertebrae or something.
0: Um. Yeah, I have a stress fracture at the base of my spine.
1: <laughs> you can't see that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we started. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. Sorry, right. start again.
0: That's all right. He can bleep that out. Yeah. Oh, uh, it sounds, it's, uh, excuse me, I was laughing. It sounds worse than it is. It sounds dramatic, but. I
1: thought it, you were about to tell us something more dramatic again before we started.
0: <laughs> no, 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 Sorry. no, that was it. Um.
1: So what are you going to do now? Nothing. The, but you don't the, have to uh, worry, like, about distress stress no. frack. You don't have to worry about, like, bumpy car rides and stuff?
0: No, it's not that bad. I mean, I, so it was hurting, my back was hurting about a month ago, and. It started to get a little bit better. I took it easy, stopped running for a little bit, and then I was going for a checkup. I think I told you all this. I went for a checkup anyway, and then they they were like, "Let's just take an x-ray of your back so we'll have it for future, you know, cuz you're getting old and your back's going to hurt again, and at least we'll have a baseline of stuff." So then our um I said this on no instructions the other day. Our hospital system here is great because when you get a, well, great and terrible in that when you get a test done, the results go to the doctor and to you through your digital chart thing. So you get the results of a test through the hospital system with no explanation as to what it is. Oh, and so yeah, so I'm like googling what this word means and what this word means and trying to figure out what is wrong with my back. And so the first time they said, you know, you got like uh, discs that are whatever. And so then I got this next one back, and it said, tell him, call him, and tell him that he has a stress fracture at the base of his spine. And our recommendation is anti-inflammatories and rest. And I'm like, well, oh, well, okie dokie. <laughs> and like I didn't really know what to do with that. And, you know, I called. They kind of called back and said, oh, yeah, you just don't run for a couple of weeks. You'll be all right. Cool. So, so
1: does that stress – will that stress factor, fracture grow, healed? I, apparently.
0: They didn't seem very concerned about it. And, I mean, my back has been get. – it's been feeling better. You know, I've just been – We've been traveling a bunch over this last month, and I haven't run in the last 26 days, which is the longest I've gone without running well, since I started running. Probably. No, that's
1: that's also probably due to travel, partly due to the idea that it's convenient not to run. Considering he told you to take a break.
0: Yeah, I mean it's actually worked out pretty well, but yeah. I mean I I started running maybe like 14 years ago or something, and this is the longest single block, you know. So it's it's weird. It's just like a habit that I. How's your morning routine now? Do you feel empty? No, no, it's it's fine. I, <laughs> honestly, I hate to say it, but I'm actually getting used to not doing it, which yeah. is not what I want. I mean, I'm gonna have to turn it around, and that you know that transition back to running all the time is gonna be hard. But, um, it, you know, with when you're in pain, you don't really want to do that stuff easy. So it's I mean, anyway. So it's kind of easy to just like, oh, well, this is a great reason not to to do this thing today and now it's feeling better so now I'm kind of like yeah, I'm, am I being lazy am I milking this or, <laughs> or do mm-hmm. I need to rest a little bit longer but I'm gonna give it another couple days and then probably start getting back to it anyway I just didn't know if I told you guys that because I when I've told my friends and family and stuff they're like oh no what do you need are you okay mm-hmm. I'm like I'm totally fine they told me not to lift anything more than five pounds <laughs> that's it <laughs> so you guys break anything lately Old men? Nothing no. Of, nothing of importance. No.
1: Good. What's been going on? Oh, what? I, 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 did, I did almost get really injured. <laughs> oh, no. So my friend was over the other day, and I was showing her, a, I was showing her this one rooster that's really crazy. He's, and I actually videotaped this like an idiot. So I have this one rooster that always jumps up and kicks you in the shin. So I, I said, I go, watch this guy. He'll, he'll, he'll attack you. And I kind of shoved him with my foot a little bit, and he attacked me. And I filmed it in slow-mo, so you could see his, his prongs go one, two, three, four. And this is in a millisecond. And one of them stayed stuck in, and he fell backwards. And his prong was stuck directly into the front of my shin. <laughs> and, he, and he fell backwards, and he had to like wiggle his way out of my shin. And as soon as he was done, my whole entire leg was immediately in pain. I said, I think he, he just punctured something really severe. And I pulled my shin up, and I had a tiny little dot right in the front of my shin, and like three on the sides of my legs. Ooh. And the one directly in the front, I'm like, "That's it. He punctured into the bone. I'm going to get a bone infection. My foot's going to fall off." And <laughs> <laughs> this happens Sunday morning. And we went inside. We put peroxide on it, but it was just like a puncture wound, like like I got stabbed with an ice pick. There's nothing you could do. I put the peroxide on, and I put. You the say
2: I, on like I got stabbed with an ice pick. Like everybody knows that feeling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, to put it more relatably, did you ever get stabbed with, like, the tip of a screw gun or, or a screw itself, you know? Mm. And once you have a puncture wound, it's just severe pain, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't, like, open it up and wash it out. It's just like a dot on your skin, and you know, like, there's, like, a half-inch something beneath that. Anyway, so all day on Monday, my whole shin from my knee to the top of my foot was in severe pain. Like, not severe pain, but, like, alarmingly, like, wow, that really hurts for, like, a little chicken puncture. And... <laughs> <laughs> I was really nervous. And by the end of the day, the pain started to subside. I kept an eye on the puncture wound. Nothing ever got infected. I'm feeling it right now. So it's just, there's just local pain right, right where the puncture is. And all the, the pain up and down my, my shin has gone away. So I was nervous there for a couple of days. I'm like, could you imagine I lose my foot to a chicken puncture? And then oh, I have to man. tell you, how'd you lose your foot? Motorcycle accident? It's like, nah, chicken. <laughs> 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 I was just worried about an infection because... Obviously, a bone infection is 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 very very difficult to to heal. I know a couple of people that have gotten bone infections in various ways, and uh, I used to hang out with the doctor all the time, and he and he would always say, if you ever injure yourself, he was try not to puncture your bone. He said because if you mm. puncture your bone, that would be severely difficult to fix if it became infected, and that's the whole thing. I'm like, that's it. I just got injected chicken feces into my <laughs> into my marrow, <laughs> my bone marrow, but yeah. I, I have it on slow I'll send it to you guys.
0: So when my kids were younger, (laughs) they—I guess all kids do this. I don't know. They used to fall out of chairs a lot, and just like they're real clumsy. And uh, so I used to tell them that anytime somebody asked them what happened to them, the answer was always knife fight. Because no matter what you say, like it's not going to be as cool as if you got hurt in a knife fight. So if you lose your leg to a chicken, you can just say, "I lost it in a knife fight."
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Yeah. So you just reminded me of that. I'm sitting here thinking, like, have I gotten injured? I'm like, oh, yeah, my shin. I'm touching my shin. Like I said, mm. it's just pain is, is local to the injury now. It used to be.
0: Have you been alien. working on anything other than cooking that chicken?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no. We're going to have chicken for dinner tonight. Chicken rooster. Rooster chicken. Mm. What I'm working on, I don't know if you guys saw, I just put up a reel yesterday. I'm stone carving for the very first time. I'm doing my traditional Maker Central sign leading up to Maker Central, which will be in Wait, that's out of stone? That, yeah, that carving that I'm doing is out of a piece of blue stone. Oh, I only
2: saw, I saw like the last, whatever you posted yesterday. Yeah. I didn't realize that was stone. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually, yeah, thank you. It's, it's something I never did before. But I tell you what, a lot of people are like, wow, I can't believe how you're doing the V-carve. It's so well done. I'm, I'm still learning, but, and I still need to smooth the letters out. So whatever you see it in my reel, it still needs a lot more smoothing out. But the V-carve happens so naturally It's it's no surprise that all these Romanesque letters and all these letters over the years that you see carved in stones are all V-carved. It happens Mm -hmm. naturally. Like when you're carving it, I thought I was going to make flat-bottom letters. I'm like, I can never V-carve. That's too skillful. That's what I'm thinking to myself. I thought I was going to chisel out these letters and make them all flat-bottom. And in my head, I'm like, how am I going to make it look like a router and make each letter look like it's the same depth? That was, I thought, was going to be my difficulty. But the first letter I did just sort of naturally became a V-carve as i was roughing it out and i was like if this is going to be this easy i'm just going to make them all v-carve hmm. and so v-carving with a cold chisel and it's great it's it's moving along so much faster like i thought i was going to be literally devoting one day to each letter hmm. each letter moves along in about 20 minutes or less wow. and then i'm going to spend a lot of time just cleaning up the little inaccuracies
0: so i saw the, the just a quick video of it but i wasn't paying attention to what you were using what chisel? Oh, just a,
1: a cold chisel, just like a chisel you would buy at the hardware store. Oh. For chipping oh. stone. Maybe for chipping grout or rocks or, or bricks, I would say. I see. So, yeah. Just a cold chisel, just nothing special. And I can sharpen it a little bit. Not too crazy. Put like a blunt tip on it. But it's funny, each time I sharpen it, it becomes much, much easier to use. As it starts to dull, I start to realize it's like coming more. It's not impossible, but it's just increasingly more difficult and I go sharpen it and then I realize how much nicer it works when it's sharp mm. and on one letter I might have to sharpen it three or four times oh, but wow. so I imagine there's more quality tools than what I'm buying at the hardware store Sure. you know if I became a stone carver for a living I'll get those tools then.
0: Is that your next job yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah my next job so that's for a video this weekend so I'm going to be uh, that's for like I said it's always to promote Maker Central a couple weeks out and I finished the, I've been doing this boat bar build. We got that done, working on that with Patrick, the electrician. And now I have no excuse to start my pool table, which I've been dabbling with in the background. So now I'm going to bring it, make it front and center, and it's going to be in the middle of the room. And I'm going to start doing some more of the finer details on it. But that's a project that intimidated me a little bit. It still has, but yeah. I think I'm past a couple of hurdles. It's just It's just getting everything right. That's all it is. It's not, not that I can't build it. I just have to make sure everything lands in the right spot.
0: Yeah, that's a really big comp- or connected piece to have to redo something. Like if you don't think through one of the, the problems yeah. to solve or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. so that's why I'm going to make the uh, the bumper rails are the most complicated part in my in my estimation for me, since I don't have experience with it. So I'm going to make the bumper rails out of MDF first and make sure everything kind of dry fits. And then once I know, then I'll have those as my guide to make the uh, more complicated, more more expensive walnut mm. version because that's what we'll use. Wow. But everything's moving along. It's spring clean up, which is nice. So this the grass is bumping. Which is a little scary here. So we're in we're still in April. And at least a week and a half ago, all the buds burst. Usually in this area, the buds don't burst until the second week of of Mar- uh, May. So it's crazy. It's like Oh wow. Yeah. The, and I said it to my, my guy who does my landscaping. I was like, This is crazy. All the buds would pop in like April twelfth, thirteenth. He's like, Yeah, this is nuts. Hmm. These usually hmm. don't pop for another month grass needs mowing already and there's beginning to be leaves on the trees like all this is a month early which is kind of scary i don't care but it's, it's fine by me bring, yeah. it, on. bring on I, it on we went
0: to on our trip and all the trees in the backyard and in the neighborhood were all just just barely you know had buds coming out of them and everything and then came back a week a week and a half later and everything is full and green and solid and it's awesome but it's such a change it's yeah. it's cool
2: I refuse to mow the lawn until May. So I made that mental <laughs> commitment, like no matter how bad, the grass in the front yard doesn't grow very well. It's real sandy, but there's like a little backyard area where we kind of maintain it a little bit better. It's starting to get really tall in some areas. And I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. you're waiting until May. I don't care what happens. <laughs> that first mowing is going to be really hard to do. Yeah. That's going to be like a foot long. This is how I choose to live my life. No, oh, there you go. Put things off until it's difficult. <laughs> What have you been doing, David? Uh, I think this weekend I've got the Magna Doodle video coming out. Uh, just cool. tore apart a Magna Doodle, took all the guts, and then made a wooden one that's going to hang up in the shop. And came out really good. And the the video that I'm super excited about, we just finished this folding wooden chair yesterday. And it was so satisfying because we're working without plans and i'm trying to take a little chair that we got a little kid's chair that we got from the goodwill and make a bigger version of it and we didn't draw anything up in fusion 360 which totally should have it would have made everything so much easier and i had a couple other folding chairs that i was using for reference and just kind of getting rough sizes and then like you you kind of have to there's that there's one point where there's a couple grooves where the back couple pins slide in the screw. And then there's like this pivot point. And there's one point you have to kind of just make a guess where that pivot point should be. So it unfolds and folds up properly. And we were off by like an inch. And so I had to redrill and um, plug these holes, but it was so satisfying when it finally worked. Cause the whole two days we're making this, we're like, ah, I don't know if it's going to work, but it's a prototype. You know i kept preparing myself it's a prototype if it doesn't work we had fun we can learn for the next version and then when it worked it was just the most it was one of the more satisfying projects that i've done in a long time just because it it worked and it looks pretty darn cool so i think i haven't done any plans in a long time so i think i'm going to make a version with plans and we're going to shoot a second video with a couple little bit of refinements and the measurements and I'm just going to put that video up on the second channel and it's going to be very dry and very like step one, step two, step three and if you want the plans here are all the measurements for it so very satisfying week cool
0: I've always wanted to, to make I mean I think we've talked about chairs before but I've always wanted to make a chair but a folding chair seems like an especially difficult thing to like you're yeah. saying just to get that those points right get all the folds and the tension on everything right yeah, it's pretty wild. Cool. Um, I have been gone, been traveling. Went on a little vacation with the kids and the wife, and uh, it was really nice, really relaxing. Then I went to an event on the way back up, and then got here, and then went to Indianapolis for soccer, and I've just been back and forth. So I haven't done any work, really, of any kind uh, for quite a while. But it's been good, been a good couple of weeks of just kind of, you know, thinking and talking and relaxing and stuff like that with a bunch of people. And so, I don't, did I talk about the stairs that I was working on before? I'll tell you all about that. And so maybe, we've got...
1: Yeah, you were ripping them out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Skinning uh, them. To, oh, yeah, yeah, today I've got them all skinned. Uh, I've got down to like the, just the rough stair. And so today I'm going to start building everything back and... Um, there's electronics involved in that whole thing, and so I've been uh, working on some code and working on some 3D printing. To gonna hold... be the piano steps. No, I thought about that, mm-hmm. uh, and
1: boing, boing, boing,
0: boing. and and I looked into it, and like, and I figured out how to do it, and it was boing, 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 boing. unnecessarily complicated <laughs> to to pull off. So kind of
1: <laughs> that
0: would be fun. So. Here, this is pretty crazy. I know we've talked about the AI stuff before, um, but over the weekend or this, where I was at this this get together with people, there was a, a huge amount of conversation about AI. Like, you know, in one conversation, it'd be like, "Oh, it's the best thing ever; it makes my job easier." And the next one, it's like, "Oh, we're all gonna die; everything's gonna melt down, and nobody's gonna have a job." And what you know, it's just there, every opinion possible on this as a general topic, and. I still have never really messed with any of it. I've seen what everybody does, and um, it looks really interesting. But I haven't had a reason to, and it's not something I just am motivated to just go play with. So we're working on building this, like, display because we're going to go to a trade show, an education trade show type thing to sell our courses. So we're building a display, a booth, and part of the display is an electronics thing, just like some – You press a button, some stuff happens just, you know, so a kid can walk up and interact and oh, look, Arduino, neat. And it's all stuff that I've done a million times. It's like press this button and make this thing turn. Press this button and make this light go, whatever. And so I was like, oh, I've heard people write code with uh, the AI bot, so I should just try it and see how close it will get me as a starting point. So I finally pulled this thing up, and the prompt I gave it was like, I need an Arduino sketch that has one button, and when you press that button, it, ta- or it it cycles through four different actions, like that bear. And it just dumped out all the code for it. And I verified it, and it was right. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. So you're saying
1: sorry. you could just tell it what you want, just give it a window. Obviously, yes. I mean, this is all, but what it spit out is something you would have literally handwritten? Yes. That would have taken the, you probably a day.
0: Uh, would, that, that part of it would have taken me an hour.
1: Okay, okay, okay. But,
0: but still, you know, it was right to the letter. And, like, I copied it into the code environment where I work and verified it, and it was good. So then I go back to it, and I add another sentence to it. And it's like, those four actions are turn a servo, turn a motor, turn on an LED, trip <clears> a relay. And so then it regenerates the code and puts all that stuff in there. I'm like, whoa, all right. And, but the last little line of it didn't complete. Like it just stopped at the bottom. And so I hit refresh. It, you can, there's a button where you can have it do it again. And so I hit the button to do it again. And without any input, it rewrote that code. <clears throat> but where it put the four little actions, you know, like the commands for turning the servo and turning on the LEDs, it replaced those on its own with custom function names and then wrote custom functions at the bottom to do those four things. It got more correct with zero input. Whoa. And I think that was the thing that kind of freaked me out a little bit because I didn't tell it to...
1: But it was reading my you know, mind. It knew I didn't that
0: guide you, it, but... It knew it was wrong. Well, it wasn't wrong. It's just It knew it needed more work. I guess so. That's yeah. the thing that freaks me out a little bit is because Arti- wait
1: I, artificially it knew it needed more work <laughs> maybe i I don't I don't artificial know. intelligence well you know when something
0: can respond to a prompt like I get that it's I generally understand how that's working but with no prompt it just tries to figure out a more productive way to do it is really really strange <laughs> which got is
1: this is this program you use to write the code is it chat gBT or is it some yeah, other version yeah. so no, its, it's that one. so let me ask you a stupid question from somebody that doesn't pay close attention is chat Gbt the thing that could write an article also write code also generate a picture is it everything no. in the same
0: it's just text yeah it's not uh, oh, as, what is as the I one that,
1: what is the one that does the imagery one
2: mid-journey and Dolly 2 are the two okay I've ones. heard
1: those names mentioned yeah so chat gbt can do any kind of thinking it's not like relegated to just doing articles versus another one does you know chat gbt code for the
2: the, for the for for the most part it can it can write for you um
1: which is funny so now you could like i'm thinking like it's just maybe just because this is how i just assume wrongfully that like there is an ai for this category of thinking and that category so you're saying this this ai is for everything it's just a big giant brain it's more
2: it's it's like we're really simplifying the whole thing it's it's a language model there are different modules to that language mm-hmm. okay
1: um
2: but f- it, right now it is just uh it, it just spit out words they are working on a version that that works with imagery so it can it can play the it doesn't just spit out a response. You can have a complete conversation with it. Mm-hmm. So, like as Bob is saying, he's adding functions to it, and you can just keep doing that, and it's going to keep spitting out longer and more and more code as you get more more into it. No. Um, it's. I, I hate to get back into the AI conversation because people. Keep telling like I've been because I've done a couple of AI videos uh, and and people will give people are very it's a very polarizing topic and for a good reason. Um, mm. But a great tool is it's not replacing creativity. It's 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 for how I use it. Like I'm not using mid journey to create artwork that I'm going to hang on the wall or sell. I'm using mid journey and I'm using chat GPT to help me generate ideas and, and kind of mold some, some things for me. But a great tool as like YouTubers is you can, let's say you make a, I'm making a stone carving video and get, you can tell chat GTP, give me 10 youtube titles for a video where i do stone carving and it'll Mm -hmm. spit out 10 titles and if you say youtube it knows various things it knows how to it'll give you 10 different titles Mm -hmm. and then you could say be a little bit more um uh, add a a little bit more interest or a little bit more excitement and it'll give you 10 more and it'll add it'll like i use exclamation points. yeah yeah, um, <laughs> how I've been using just, it is I'm working on a new website and I have all these descriptions for these products and I'm not a good writer, so I'll write my paragraph. I'll throw it into Chat GPT. I'm also in the Google version Bard, so I, I'll try them in, in both. Um, but I'll say correct my grammar, make this sound more professional, and it just takes the paragraph that I wrote. Or fixes it or rewrites it and it's it's kind of mind-blowing it's i know writers are scared um and may and they, they should be but i i think the people who use it as a tool to enhance their jobs is they're, they're going to be- benefit from it um i'm really excited about it i hate talking about it because people have reached out to me and, and told me how it's how it's evil and and uh, I don't yeah. like I'm not good at arguing a point so I try to avoid all arguments altogether mm. but honestly like if you you either need to hop on board or or you're going to get, get lost. Dude,
1: you're painting the picture like you're going to get a brick through your window. I, it's <laughs> I know. Just it's just no more AI talk. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I've I got mean, some negativity that, on it. That's
0: a little dramatic, but at the same time, there are, there are a lot of people. Oh, yeah, we don't really need to get into this again. But <laughs> there are a lot of people who are legitimately afraid of what it can replace and how it's getting its information.
2: Including the creators and, of it. They're afraid sure. of it, too. Yeah, There's yeah. a great... I, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I just watched a 60 minutes interview with um, uh, is, is the, 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 the the head guy at, at, at Google who's working on the, the AI stuff. And they're like, well, yeah, we train it, and then we don't know how it works. And so it's a great tool, but we also are kind of afraid of, of it. And yeah. they think there should be government regulation to make sure – Everything is is cool, and it doesn't get used in the wrong way. So even the creators are scared of it, and they don't know how it works because it trains itself. That's That's super weird. That hurts my brain.
0: I don't know how a man-made machine trains itself. I mean, you build something that learns how to be trained, and then... (laughs) It's going to learn how to train itself based on how other people train things. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm it's actually think, wild.
2: but we're all going to die. We are going to die. We're all, man, Yeah, it's, it's over. Now that I think
0: about it, it's over. Yeah. Um, my whole point of bringing this up was it was just an interesting thing to try. It's not something I want to continue to use very often. It's not something I want to, you know, I, I was like, oh, this would be a good example of seeing if, the claims that other people as non-programmers have made about its capability in programming, if that's true or not. Because I can have it write something and look at it and verify, is that what I meant or not? You know, it's not like, write me a, a paragraph in Russian. Like, I don't know if it's right or not. But So the cool thing about using it yesterday was that I'm in a time crunch. I have three things that I have to be working on in the next week. And... Just by spending five minutes with this thing, testing it out, it saved me at least two, maybe three hours of grunt work, of things that I've already done many, many other times. I just don't have to do that. And so, like, I could see a place, even though it, you know, part of me is like, oh, it's going to take jobs. It's also making my job easier because now I don't have to spend those few hours doing that grunt work. I can move on to the thing that's actually... Actually, thing the thing that's actually creative, the thing that's unique, the things that I'm doing that hasn't been done, rather than redoing the thing that I've done in a bunch of different ways over the years. So, just as, somebody neat, neat time, as somebody that has a difficult
1: time, as somebody that's a difficult time writing emails and writing long form of anything, if I could get acclimated with this program and tell it to write an email back to somebody that's somebody I need to communicate with, that would be like a dream come true.
2: Mm. I, I, there's a there's a um, there's a free version and you just <clears> got to <throat> sign up for it and it's, y- you'll understand how it works in the first five minutes. As soon as you start typing in things and it spits out, you're, you, you'll get it. You're like, oh, yeah, it's like talking when to it, another person.
1: My buddy whipped open his phone the other day and had it write an article about yeah. me. I think I talked about this on here because it was a few weeks ago and I was pretty amazed. Like he just he was like, oh, look, write an article about Jimmy and all it was mm. Everything was fairly accurate.
0: Yeah, it's not always going to be accurate, though. That is another right. thing to point out, that it even says, you know, this thing will often or sometimes uh, give inaccurate or just unrelated responses. So it, they know that it's not,
1: yeah, last it's not to year, be
0: used as like a fact checker or something
1: like that. Last year, there was a, a couple of mentions of me being a former police officer. That's my brother. Oh. You know, during the TV show articles. so Right.
0: So anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh,
1: what I
2: a... really wanted to say is, please don't send me messages about the dangers <laughs> of AI. I know, I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to block yeah. you. Don't don't make me block
0: you. Yeah. <laughs> and and David, you don't Can have to justify yourself to anybody. You Can are one hundred percent correct to block you. Can we tell the AI <laughs> yeah.
1: to block them? Oh, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. By the okay. way, the AI just blocked you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like AI, you know you don't like it much more.
0: Well, um <laughs> that's what I had that's kind of what I've been up to. So uh, did you have you had, a, you had a topic idea. I had a David?
2: Top, it's something I was thinking about the other day as I was having a little internal conversation in my head, is um I the, 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 basically, the topic is I personally need breaks in between projects, not long breaks. I just need a couple days. And I thought of this thinking, man, if I had somebody edit my videos, I could shoot more videos. Uh, I love editing, so I'm not going to give up that, that part of the job anytime soon. And then I thought, I don't know that I want to be in the woodshop and shooting videos five days a week, six days a week. Cause I need time to, I need a, I need a couple days in between each project to at least appreciate or reset. And plus the beginning of a project, your mindset is so different than the end of a project. And it's such a weird mental shift, at least for me. And I just kind of wanted to talk about, can you easily jump into the next project? The moment you're done with one, do you, do you take a little bit of time? Do you even appreciate what you just did?
1: Mm -hmm. that's a good question because i was the other day when i finished the boat up it was almost like a burden getting to the end of the boat i was kind of whining about it to my friends and even online i'm whining about it like oh this thing has been hanging around for a year now i finished it up took it for a ride and it wasn't until i was like putting it was just it felt like a burden frankly it wasn't until i i started watching the edit i was like wow i look at how much work i did it's like you know it's like Hanging over my shoulder and like with my one hand on my own shoulder going, look at you. Look what you did. You made that boat. And it took me having to like watch the footage over and over through the drone and such and such to start to appreciate what it did. And then now it's to a point now where I have to get it out of the shop. (laughs) But I'm like, I don't want to put it far because I don't want to forget I made it. I I want to kind of like leave it somewhere nearby so I see it all the time but that's uh,
2: isn't it like, isn't have, that an amazing get, feeling like you just finish yeah. something and you can just look at it for a little bit
1: yeah, yeah but I, i'm like i'm almost like i, I kind of apologize to the boat itself for being like i'm sorry, <laughs> sorry man, i'm so rude to you in the final moments of our relationship uh, <laughs> but that's really like after watching the video and and it was really when i was doing that little i did an instagram clip and i was when i did that i was like wow Look how much work you did, you knucklehead. Stop and breathe for a minute. Like, be you know, because every once in a while, like you finish that, you're like, okay, I still owe this bill. I still got to pay the house insurance, and then you're like, wait a minute. You know, that's like you got to kind of separate those two things. Like, one emotion isn't really related to the other. So, but it is true, and yeah, sometimes I, you know what, you know what, it's funny. I don't realize like you, you don't appreciate. I don't appreciate what I've done what I've created when I you know, talk about the compound here and everything else until somebody completely new shows up. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this is my brother, Joey made the joke. My brother, Joey started staying with me this time last year. And he said, it's like Disneyland here. He's like, Oh, can I take you to the blacksmith attraction? Can you shoot the blacksmithing attraction. <laughs> this is here is the pretend farm attraction. He's like pointing at the bar and he's like, Oh, over here, this is where we keep the uh, pets, the, to the, the petting zoo over here. And he's like, let me take you to the TV studio shop. And he was just joking, making fun of me. But it is true when somebody new shows up and I show them everything. And I'm just like, wow, I've accomplished a lot in this short period of time. And And they're like,
0: wow, you have so many trucks. And you're like, yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I know something's (laughs) wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's, but we always have our head down. What's next? What's next? What's next?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I could mentally sustain the being creative Nonstop stop every single day I, you know i think mm-hmm. my my brain needs a, a little break and i think maybe that's where burnout comes from is just trying to create nonstop.
1: well I, I i've been taking believe it or not a lot of people think i don't take breaks and i do i i just don't need the type of break that you know requires getting on an airplane i i got the new place down the road i i did a little instagram story on it yesterday but Going to that graveyard and walking around that graveyard is so peaceful for me. It's really relaxing. It's it's like I'm feeling it, like a I'm like drawn to it, and it's it's something I do more often. I usually go at night because the whole day goes, and I, I usually do the bicycle in the evening. And so once the bike's done, everything's done, everything's put together, I'll get in my car and I'll go over and check out the house, check the mailbox, and just look around. And I end up sitting. Now that it's getting warmer out, I end up sitting in the graveyard, just hanging out in the graveyard, and it's like it's so peaceful it's so, and most of the time mm. I'm alone and it's just really 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 nice and so it's uh, it's the type of break that it's, it's the only really type of break that I need right now I can't imagine like taking a vacation like you know to the Bahamas or something mm. I wouldn't need that kind of break I just need a few minutes here and there it's like mm. I always liken it to they say Thomas Edison would sleep throughout the day he would take he would never really have like a full night's sleep he would just take several Breaks throughout the twenty-four hour period, and I kind of think think like that. I'm not necessarily sleeping, but just to take my mind off everything.
2: Can I want to ask you a really crazy personal question? When was you you mentioned the Bahamas? When was the last time you were outside Mm -hmm. and you only had shorts on, no shirt, no socks, (laughs) just just shorts?
1: Probably when I was like eight. (laughs) Is that true? Is that really true? I guess in high school, we used to always drag a cooler of beers to the beach and like act like tough guys. <laughs> okay. Like real guidos over in Long Beach. That was probably the last time, probably, like in high school. Huh. <laughs> I don't think I've taken my shirt off outside the bathroom in 38 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a full Yakuza tattoo from my neck right down yeah. to the top of my pants, but nobody will ever see it. No oh, I, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh. No, I I can't remember the last time I was in public with no shirt on and just a pair of shorts. (laughs) It's funny because Patrick always makes fun of me. He goes, it's officially summer. Jimmy has cut a pair of jeans into shorts. I usually do that like around (laughs) June. (laughs) It's funny. And I just get like a brand new pair of Vans from Walmart. And then I just destroy the Vans until the summer. Summer's over. And I just throw them away. Lose the shorts in the washroom. And then this time I'll make a new pair. Every year I make a new pair.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bob... Can you be creative every single day of the
0: week? No. No. But I, I do find that I do find that I can be more motivated. So hmm. I don't know how to say this exactly. The video aspect of it and the attachment, and all the stuff that comes with trying to capture what you're doing, I think is the part that I can't sustain super well. If it were just a matter of like a big pile of problems to solve on my left and a space to do it in front of me, I think I could probably just do that on a regular basis every day of the week. But the fact that it's attached to having to figure out how to present it, having to figure out, you know, if the effort of presenting it is going to be worthwhile, (laughs) you know, on YouTube. And there's all of that stuff that I think makes it hard to do at the pace that we do it, which is why we've been trying to slow down that pace for a long time, just to add some of what you're talking about in. Um, and I think, you know, that that's one of those situations where I, I'm glad that you have found that filter for you, that, that I need this amount of time to have in between that little like rest is something that you recognize and can build in. I didn't set up my output. Uh, the video output in that way, I just didn't I didn't feel it at the time. I feel it now. and like I've talked about a billion times, the pace at which we create videos is us being a team is like it's just too it's not sustainable. And so having to roll off of that pace, back off of it and build in rest and build in time to think and stuff, it's hard to do retroactively because you've got salaries and you've got timelines and you've got commitments and, you know, so having to pull all those things back in a way, but still cover all of your, your stuff is, is harder to do after. So, um, but I, I totally agree that I think trying to just constantly be productive is a young man's game or a young lady's game. And I think that it's not very sustainable as you move ahead for a bunch of reasons. Not only is it hard, it's also just not as interesting. Mm. Like, I'm finding... Like, when I told you guys before we started recording that I was at the beach and you were like, oh, I bet you love that. You're right. I don't really like the beach. But this past little trip that we took, like, I could have been on the beach. I could have been in a field, in, you know, a cornfield somewhere. I could have been, like, in a, on a mountain that felt like a really good break because i was watching my kids do a thing that they are really loving to do and i was mm-hmm. able to be there as a part of that thing and so like i went with them to the beach and the beach was fine you know but it's like i don't care about it i care the fact that i was there with them and yeah. that time is passing in a way that i never expected and all this type of stuff and so that part of my life is is becoming so much more important than it was a year ago, two years ago. That trying to do the nonstop work is just annoying. Hmm. Like because it's not, you know, if, if it's too much and if it if it takes away from this little window I have with my family while they're all here and stuff, then that work becomes like ugh. And so I'm trying to build in those breaks for what you're talking about, but also because like I'm I don't want to miss. The stuff that's happening in, mm-hmm. in these kids' lives and stuff. So, I'm not sure if that was really the question <laughs> that you asked, but I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that in a lot of different ways. but um, well, you work more in a and go ahead. You work more
2: in a team environment, and you've been throwing in other things. Like you're working on uh, a, a trade show booth. You're working on on mm-hmm. products, and that probably is a good reset from because it just breaks up the
0: normal pattern, right? That that has to help, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. And like I was saying, it's I really like problem solving. And for many years, I've kind of relegated most of the problems to be solved as things that are video worthy, which is kind of stupid if you think about it. You know, If the video output is the main thing, then I guess that makes sense. But now I'm getting to think about things that we're not going to make videos about because it's not necessary but it's a whole new set of problems to solve. It's what is a what does a trade show booth look like? How do we sell courses to people that need it who aren't on YouTube? Mm-hmm. How do how do we work with educators and turn it into something that can be used in totally different settings than we've ever thought about before? It's like all new problems that I'm not going to solve but I get to be a part of. Um and because it's unrelated to the video stuff or the media stuff, it's interesting and has a different kind of pace to it and has a different yeah i mean it's it's been really cool so
1: when is that show Pop?
0: uh it is at the beginning of may
1: and what city first. is it in
0: That it's gonna be in pigeon forge and mm. it's something very different for us and it may not work at all <laughs> which is kind of kind of weird but uh i don't know we're gonna give it a shot and see how it goes But I I talked a lot. The last couple of weeks, I've talked to a lot of people who are in education, both in like public school, charter school, school, homeschool. And all of us on the team have been talking to different people and all those different things, trying to figure out, like, how do we we make what we've already done available? And as we go to make more courses going forward, how do we make them as educationally viable and useful as we can? You know, like, I don't want to waste time making something for – a YouTube audience that's not that's where it has to stop I want to make it for them but also make it so that educators can use it you know and be a resource I wonder,
1: for there's got to be homeschooling this got to be YouTube must be used tremendously in homeschool I'm sure yeah. you know just in general it yeah. has got to be
0: Yeah,
1: we don't so, have so many teachers use our videos just in general in creative mm-hmm. classes
0: yeah so that, that's been a, an interesting way to kind of build in what you're talking about. I mean, it's also shoring up the business and, you know, trying to just expand into new things that don't require more video. I think more video is probably not the answer. Less video is probably the answer across all of us. So like, I don't mean that just for me. I think, I think the pace at which we were able to build our businesses and build our channels and stuff a few years back is just, it's just not now it's, it's well i mean the, the, be, the best
1: example is is, is mark roper he just puts out one video every few weeks yeah. even of, you know, less than that yeah i, yeah, I think it's uh, once a month or something like that he just puts out a high hitting yeah. really impactful well-researched video and it's great mm-hmm. it works for him uh, uh,
2: uh, this guy yeah. named um patty galloway he did a, a a talk that i attended and he was the whole talk was based on um less videos but better videos and and he he gives a graph why and i think it it applies to everything in life like less you know work on less woodworking projects but better and and greater woodworking projects because the the satisfaction is there and it, it just i agree less it's really hard to get out when you're in a rhythm and you're putting out a video a week and you break up that rhythm, and you're like, "Oh man, I don't get a video this week. I'm going to lose that that dopamine rush that I usually get when I release a video. And that's it. it feels weird. It feels like I'm failing. But then, then the next video mm-hmm. I put out is really good. I spent a lot of time on the project. The project is good. The video is good, and it's really satisfying for me. It's a it's that internal struggle.
1: I was just going to say, I'm trying to I'm trying to jump in, and you're 100 percent right. I think I'm addicted to this. Yeah, I know I'm addicted. I, yeah, I'm addicted yeah. to this. I'm addicted and you know, it's, it, it when people, cause I, I have lots of conversations about addiction because I'm sober now for so many years and I tell people just get addicted to making stuff because it's not, it's less harmful. If you can't really curtail that addiction, addictive personality, get addicted to something that's not as harmful as, of course, spending your entire relationship in the shop is, is detrimental in one way or another. But in general, it's, it's just harm reduction. But, I certainly feel addicted to this rush of doing a video every seven to ten days and Mm. jumping from one project to another. And you know, last night I got off the bicycle at midnight. I spent another hour doing woodwork because while I'm on the bike, I'm like looking around the room, going, "Oh, I should really spend." All I need to do is it doesn't only take me 15 minutes, and then once I'm done with that, I could then then I can move to that next part of the project. I'm doing some woodwork for a private client, and it certainly certainly feels like an addiction, but it's not an addiction that I'm worried about because it's not taking away from anything else right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe addiction is a strong word there. Maybe it's, you know, it's just something that you're passionate about like that. that, Obviously you're passionate about it, but Mm -hmm. you know, addiction is something that, that takes over and allows not like, doesn't allow you to do other things. And I think you choose to be as creative and to be as productive as you are, um, which is a, an active replacement for harmful things. Yeah. And that, that's, I don't but, i don't know that that's addiction, maybe, but... But
1: maybe. Dave's right, though, when you say, like, that that well, there have been a few Saturdays that passed where I didn't post a video in the last few months, and it's just like, ah, <laughs> I guess this is where it ends. That last video I made, that's the last one I'm ever going to make. It's over <laughs> now. <laughs> you know, it was like, what is going to be that last video, you know, when things come to an end? When is that last conversation going to be? What is that last yeah. publish button push is going to be? Which one is it going to be? No, we don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. As I was kind of resetting when I got back from the trip, I was walking through the shop and you know just kind of like sweeping up and stuff, and um, kind of looking around at all the things that I want to get to. And you know, and then when I zoom out and I think about Carmagia like and how much work there is left there, and then the other the Land Cruiser, and I have these other things that I want to build, and I feel like the bottleneck is the fact that I'm trying to make them into videos. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe that's a a kind of built-in scheduling diffuser. I don't know how to say that, but uh but I was just like, well I can't I can't touch the Vespa because I I can't make a video about it right now. Anthony's not here. I don't have the you know it And I found that it's it's causing me to hold these things back and not just dive in. And so for me it actually might be even though it's frustrating in that way, it actually might be a good thing that stops me from just putting my head down and ignoring the world around me and just like jumping from thing to thing constantly because I might end up doing that I might end up just having a hundred things going at the same time and always move from one to the other and not take a break not step back so even though the the fact that I try to turn most things into a video is annoying to me (laughs) maybe it's a blessing in disguise you know what I mean I don't know it's a governor yeah
1: Maybe mm-hmm.
0: the thing that I That's do every day paying. is annoying to me. Well, not, not annoying is the wrong word. It's, it's a, it slows down productivity, yeah. which is annoying to me. You know, like my personality is just that I would want to just be productive. I want, I want to move things ahead. And with, like I was saying before, with family stuff, f- moving things ahead feels like, or productivity with my family feels like building a relationship. And so being productive there with them is a totally different type of engagement than it would be with a project, Mm -hmm. with a problem to solve or whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Jimmy, do you ever create something
2: for yourself off camera?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm playing a lot with the pottery. I know I've talked about this in the past. Pottery is sort of like a personal... Uh, something I'm doing personally just to experiment with. Pottery definitely playing around. I show it on Instagram a little bit. But Does it feel weird not recording I feel it? pottery. No, it's actually refreshing yeah. because I know the whole mm. time it's going to be boring. I'm saving the world from something that's super boring, <laughs> but for me it's something I'm trying to discover. I made a couple of pottery videos, and they're just you can make it exciting, and what what charges me is when I find really interesting potters on Instagram that are doing crazy off-the-wall, out-of-the-box stuff. I'm like, I could do that. But then I'm like, oh, they just use like 800 pounds of clay. I don't really have the time and patience for making yeah. something have 100 pounds of clay. But that really excites me. It jazzes me up. I'm like, how can I do that but keep it on my tabletop? Hmm. You know, so it's, for me, it's a whole new world of discovery. I, and I'm not showing a lot of it. I'm not, I'm not showing all of it on Instagram. And I'm working on a project right now for a client. It's a private client. And I'm just making something out of wood. And it's just all woodwork that's fairly boring. So I'm not showing it. It's just there's it nothing groundbreaking in it. There's nothing exciting. It's just straight That ahead. right there is like,
0: an it. interesting thing, though, <clears throat> what you just said. Yeah. That there's nothing groundbreaking and nothing exciting in it. And so yeah. that's why you're not showing it. Yeah. Do you think that's – this is a, maybe an entirely different topic that we yeah. can talk about a different day. But do you think there's a problem with that, the fact that that is the filter
1: There's another reason. There's another reason I'm not making a video of it. And I really kind of went back and forth because there's lots of techniques that I'm doing, which I could put in a video. And it's funny you bring that up. The reason I'm not making a video of it is because I'll never have the opportunity to shoot a finish of it because it's not, it's not for me. It's going to get fabric, it's going to get installed by somebody else. I'll never be at this New York City apartment that where it's going to be all displayed. And I'll have to wait months for still images. So I'm like, I don't even, I want to just breeze through it. But it is inspiring me to think like, okay, this is a beautiful piece of furniture that interior designer made. How can I be inspired by this to make something like this for my house where I could make the thing, control it, modify it if I feel necessary, and then put it, install it somewhere in one of the bedrooms and then have a beautiful finished shot of it. That's really, that's like, so when I look at the whole beginning, middle and end, I'm like, I don't have an end to this video. I never will have an end. It'll just get in a truck and be gone. So I'll never get it. And it won't make sense in my shop because it's a whole big puzzle piece that gets put together in a room. And So I'm like, you know what? I'll spare the audience of a half-baked video and just breeze through it. The client will be happy. It gets done faster than expected. And it'll be out of my life.
2: I'd, to To kind of answer the question that you're asking Bob for me the creative process is more than just the thing that I'm making I also since I edit my own videos and I'm trying to bring out the the story in the videos I find the whole video production thing creative and fulfilling so I do think like oh this isn't interesting enough I'm not going to film this or this is I'm going to film this because there's a unique Element to to what I'm doing, and I I probably won't film something that's boring and I, what I think is average for for me, just because it doesn't fulfill that creative like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, check this out type thing. Yeah, and and yeah. that and that it's, could that's that can be a, a fault too, because mm-hmm. if you're making videos for. An audience, maybe that leaves some of the audience behind because they do want to see the the super basic stuff.
0: Well, I don't even necessarily think that I'm asking about it being a a basic thing, like a a low level, simple project. I just mean that we we all have this like internal threshold, several thresholds about complexity or about artistry, or you know, we have all these things that we think qualify an idea or a project to become a video. And I wonder how true those things are to the audience or if those are just, like I wonder if we over, over filter ourselves sometimes. I've thought about this for me. I can't, I don't have an answer to it because the things that I think are interesting are obviously not interesting to uh, certain groups yeah. of people in different places and whatever, you know, I don't know. But I do know that a lot of the things that we as just people who have been doing anything for very long, those things that become blasé to us and like we just know how to do them or whatever, to people outside our world, we're like magicians, you Mm -hmm. know? We're just like this wizard can take a block of wood and turn it into a chair or a a different type of a block of a wood or whatever, you know? Like for us, we we have this filter, this threshold of it's not really different enough, it's not really unique enough relative to what we've done in the past or relative yeah. to people in our space or what they're that's doing. That's called growing and progress. And I so. wonder if we just do That's
2: I, that's, I, I call that growing and progress. You're, you're you're always looking for to challenge yourself. That's where the
0: excitement yeah, comes Yeah, I don't from. think that's a bad thing at all. But I, I think that I'm just asking yeah. if some of the... The functional things that we just kind of do because we don't think they're interesting enough for video would still be in maybe some different context or with some different story wrapped around them if those things would still be interesting enough to a different set of mm-hmm. people. That's one thing I'm trying to figure out yeah. right now. It's like, you know, what is, what is the coverage and the threshold of stuff that i make on well YouTube.
1: i i could give you an example of, of cam from blacktail studios he does a very similar looking video every week and every week he gets millions of views so mm. i don't know if it's necessarily boring to see the same thing over and over especially if it's i, th- I think that maybe the allure with cam is that it's just so much money at stake each time you know these slabs mm. and the client prices it's like it's much more high stakes even though it's yeah. all the same. So it's like yeah. guys with exotic cars. If you're a buyer and seller of exotic cars, for instance, you know, everything's such high stakes. Hmm. So I think that adds the drama and the adrenaline rush versus me making, you know, something that looks like you bought it out of uh, Elm. What is the name of that furniture company? What? West Elm. West Elm. Yeah, it looks like something you bought out of West Elm for like... Yeah. Three hundred dollars. It's like okay. Well, wow.
0: I guess like the the car thing is a good analogy. I guess for where I am trying to get to with this is that it would be very easy for us, and a lot of people do and can succeed at buying a more expensive car every video. You know, as a metaphor, um, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. I can't outdo myself every time. I can't be original most of the time, much less every time. And so, I guess the question is just about like are we are we Working our, ourselves out of a job if we're always raising mm-hmm. raising the threshold every time not occasionally if we're uh, working ourselves toward the Colin Furs of <laughs> just you know it's got to be bigger it's got to yeah. be explodier it's got to be whatever um, yeah and that's just a thing that I've been thinking about a lot because we do all have these things that we're interested in that we just kind of like we don't get to on purpose because we don't think that it's going to make a, an interesting enough video. And some of those legitimately won't. Like, I get that. I'm not, I'm not saying we should film everything. I just wonder if maybe we're, we're dropping things aside that, you know, yeah. that could be useful to somebody. Now, the, the flip side of that is, like you were saying, Jimmy, with the pottery stuff, whether it would make a good video or not, if it's for you... And it's a thing that you need to sit down and do without the pressure of trying to figure out how to turn it into a video. Yeah, that's, that's why that's don't different. That's why I don't, even, why I don't even
1: turn the camera on because I'm just like, and that's got what?
0: that's got a lot of value for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that story will tell itself on its own eventually when I really sure. have like a certain skill set or I really have something unique to bring to the party. Till then, I'm, you know, people are just watching me in kindergarten. And like nobody wants to watch that.
0: So I also, to pivot a little bit, I also had a bunch of conversations at this event I was at with different people from different genres. There were only a few, a couple of maker-type, builder, engineer-type people there. So I talked to a lot of people in other disciplines, and those people will create a piece of media, whatever it is, uh, or or do a performance or do a talk or whatever, like maybe – maybe once a month, more likely like once a quarter. And so they were asking what I did and I was telling them about all of us and what all we create on a regular basis. And they're just like flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> like, how often do you do this? How much, you know, what just blown away that the DIY and maker media, you know, podcasts and YouTube and all the stuff, runs at the pace at which it runs because they're just like well it takes me six months to research the topic before i can even you know it's a different world like we we work in the creative this our end of the creative thing is is different for better or worse i mean i'm not complaining about that or anything i'm just it was interesting to hear like how different those things are so yep but um yeah any other thoughts on on this
1: Mm-hmm. 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 I'm going to go sit with my chickens and think about it the funny
2: thing is I'm itching right now to get back into the the shop to finish up this this final thing to be a little bit more creative so I talk about taking a break from uh, being creative but I'm also itching to to finish up a couple right things now. yeah
0: yeah yeah. that's a good thing though I mean, that's that's great to have that itch you know to be motivated to to wrap something up rather than just be like oh, I'm done with it and move mm-hmm. on and go on to the next thing
1: I do find cool. myself much more playful now that I have a lot more time. Hmm. I, I have a lot more time than I had in the last several years. So I'm being more experimental, more playful, off camera, digging into projects and uh, products. Like, for instance, I have this this welder generator, which I hardly ever use. I got it from Lincoln. I did one or two videos with it. I pulled it out of storage the other day, and I'm playing with it, and it's here. And me and Rob went and picked up this old tractor. I got a 1954 John Deere bulldozer you guys have a sort on instagram that's going to be a video so i have a lot more time for a little, a little bit more playful stuff and just experimental stuff so i'm taking advantage of that good yeah you i'm know, trying to scroll less
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah. be productive more yeah cool Still happens so.
0: all right well i'm gonna thank our patreon supporters because they're awesome because they help us make this show am really grateful for that uh, we got a lot of people over there that help us out uh, every episode. And all different levels get the after show, but there's a top group I always want to call out because they go above and beyond what they need to, and we're really grateful for all of them. That group is Corey Ward, Alberts Woodworks, works by Solo, Chad from ManCrafting, Chad's Custom Creations, Grant, a dad-crafted, Rich, Lowen Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Scott Orham, Stu Morrison, Warren Works, Michael Manegin, Gretchen Hofer, the Web Ranch Woodworks and Crabtree Creative. But also, people like Skull Forge Studios, which is a really cool name. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: there's a lot of people that, thank that you. just continue to help us out. So thank you to all of you. Um, if anybody wants to get the after show, which is uh, 15, 20 minutes more of this show after this show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out for any amount. And if not... That's cool, too. Just glad you're listening. Um, I have a really cool thing. I think it's really cool that I want to recommend, but do you all have anything first?
1: I'm looking for something. I'm trying to find something. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it's called.
0: Okay. So there's a channel called In an
2: Instant. I did not know about this. And he has got a great little documentary uh, that, that he filmed called Inside the Last Polaroid Factory in the world and uh i'm a collector mm-hmm. of polaroid cameras and so youtube knew to to put this in my in my recommended and i can't believe i didn't know about this channel it's only got 23,000 subscribers when i say only that that's a lot of people but um I, the way the video is done it's so good like uh it seems like he should have more subscribers, just because uh, he's such a good good host, and this is such a good tour of the the Polaroid Factory.
0: Cool.
1: Mm-mm-mm. I'm scrolling through it, and I keep <laughs> I keep watching Legal Eagle. So <laughs> we all know who Legal, oh. <laughs> Legal is. I'm scrolling through, it. I keep watching. He, he does a good breakdown of current events. Check out Legal Eagle. Cool. But I'm looking, uh, and what else, what else, what else? I don't know.
0: I'll That's go ahead basic. and do mine.
1: Go ahead, you okay. do yours. So I met a guy. I can't find this
0: thing. I met a guy this weekend named Anon, and he is a National Geographic photographer and a biologist. And I was like, okay, tell me more. I'm going to put a link to his his website, like his blog where he has his photography. It's incredible wildlife photography uh, just and there's videos on there we watched this video that he did of a hummingbird in a wind tunnel like i can't even explain how beautiful Mm. it is it's just so wild he showed us when i met him he showed it we asked what he did and stuff and he showed us photography of sounds gross it's really cool um close-ups of parasites so he did a series. I guess it was for National Geographic. I don't know exactly what the where it went, but of these parasites and the crazy stories, and he started telling us these stories of how this stuff works. And there's one uh, of a cricket, the silhouette of a cricket. So it's really close up, and it has this like two inch worm coming out of the back of it. <laughs> when and you so say he the back telling, of it. yeah, it's you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so he starts telling us the story about like I, – and I don't remember all the details, but it was like this, this worm dies and leaves these spores. They get eaten by a snail and then the snail dies and then the spores turn into this cyst on a mosquito and the mosquito dies in the floor and the cricket eats the remains of the mosquito. And then it gets – these spores get back inside the cricket and then this two-inch worm grows inside the cricket, but – has to be birthed in water, so it takes control of the cricket's brain and makes it drown itself, so it can come out in water. Like, and that was one of ten stories of just, you know, there's a wasp that stings a cockroach in the back of the head and puts a little feeler in and controls its brain while it's still alive and walks the cockroach back to the nest so that all of the wasps can feed on it.
1: Whoa. Crazy
0: stuff. And he takes this is a YouTube channel no this is photography like oh, he he tells these stories and he takes photography he's got motion like profile photos of bats flying and bees being born <laughs> just like wild beautiful close-up stuff um, he was a very very nice guy too but uh, I was just blown away at what he does and how he got to what he does and now he's at a point where he's trying to create these photos, but he has to to capture a lot of the photos, he has to build contraptions to be able to even make them visible and stuff. And so we started talking a lot about that, and I was just, like, begging him to help with something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like, let me make something to help this stuff happen. So, anyway, just go check out the link. Uh, It's... His last name is Varma, I guess. V-A-R-M-A. So it's varmaphoto.com. But... Just wow. beautiful stuff and really fascinating. Um, so he was one of the many incredible people that I met this past week.
1: Wow! By the way, I found a, a an interesting video. It wasn't what I was looking for, but it's, it's worth looking at because it's kind of cool. Is uh, the Q? You know, the Q has got millions of views oh, yeah. and millions of subscribers. I, I don't know where the Q is from. It's very kind of it's very like bland, but obviously the videos do well. Um, Check out the Q. He did this machine that will wrap your life. It's it's a machine. You ever see the machines at the airport that'll wrap your luggage with stretch wrap? Oh, yeah. This is like a mini version of that for like wrapping cables and stuff. It's a really cool little practical product. Handmade. The Q. Plus, it's great. I think the Q made... Who Did you guys happen to see the bicycle with square wheels this week? <laughs> yeah, like the Q? I
0: see it right now. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, the Q did that. That's crazy.
0: That's uh, so wild. Oh, wow. Oh, and then the bike with the broken wheels, it's like they took one circle and broke it into three separate pieces, and they all turn and contact at different yeah,
1: times. Yeah, that was a big part. And then one on ice with saw blades, and then there's one tennis ball, so you never get a flat. What in the world?
0: I have not seen any of this in a while. He made a one wheel with a Formula One tire. It's like it was like a 25-inch tire in the middle of it or something.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great stuff. Wild.
0: Anyway. Cool, yeah, we'll we'll put links to all that stuff. Uh, I guess that's it, unless you guys got anything else. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Love
1: you.